Welcome, everyone, to the third iteration of Intro on the XL podcast. I am your faithful commissioner, Neil Chuamperteep. Who am I here with? You're here with Lasky's father, Joe Willoughby. Oh and God. the overlord of the West. Uh, laugh, laugh, and <laughs> very, very abrupt ending of the Very abrupt. <laughs> just t- taking the air out of the balloon just a moment. Oh, All right, well... Thank you both for joining me this week, taking times off of your uh, parenting schedule and your your overlording schedule. So just to give a quick rundown of what we're going to discuss today, we're going to take a look back at week 10, the winners and losers. We'll do some superlative nomination based off of what someone is saying is the best trade partner. And lastly, um, a look at the rising empire of the West, uh, Diego. Um, and also, how worthy his trash talk is. Is it just, you know, crashing from a rising power or trying to exert his will against the so-called overlord of his division? Or is it pointless thrashing where there's really no point? Uh, after that, going to go into waiver wire pickups from this week. League power rankings, um, a little quicker than last week. Um, segment entitled, Allen, Hero or Villain of the League? Uh, week 11 predictions, and then we'll be out of here. All righty. Anything you guys want to say before we get kicked off? Giddy up. Seven and three kings, the two guests of the podcast. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Congratulations, yes. Joe. Yeah. Well, guests, I mean, co-hosts, I suppose, is the better thing, but uh, only two of us are seven and three. And then there were two. That must be nice. Must be nice, but... You know, it's just the regular season. Uh, I, I would say you don't want to peak too early. Um, and that, that may be what we're You do want that bye week. You do want that bye uh, week. That, you know, I, I like to say, I like to think that maybe some teams benefit from the bye week. It really takes that, that uh, or the playing in, in the bye week. It really takes that wild card weekend for your uh, fantasy players on different teams to gel together for your specific ESPN league, you know. Um. But before we get too far into that, let's talk about how Allen got to seven and three. Um, he got there by unfortunately defeating me this past week. Um, but nerve wracking, actually, gonna nail take, biting. I don't. I actually, I don't know where to start with this. I have two very distinct angles that I want to take this from. Uh, if um, I may, sure. let's just get the the ugly elephant out of the way. Matthew Stafford. I don't know what happened drastically underperforms in what could have been a win oh for gosh. you down only 25 points going into Monday night. He ends the night with 11.82 back-to-back picks on two separate drives similar to last week. Definitely the Achilles heel here for what could have been a six and five or six and four, excuse me, um, placement in the East division. Yeah, Neil had opportunities here, too, because TJ Hawkinson put up a big fat zero after projected uh, 12.6 points. Um, It was there for him, but, I mean, the Cowboys' D essentially covered for Hawkinson putting up zero with 24 points there, too. That's tough to come back from. At one point, uh, our defenses were the highest scoring positions on our respective teams, (laughs) Uh, and then Stefan Diggs got a touchdown, and that whole thing flipped the script. Yeah, Allen had the number one defense, and then I think the I know the number one punter, the number one defense, and I think Stephon Diggs was the number one wide receiver last week. Can someone can someone wait, back check me on that? Wait, Allen has Stephon Diggs. 
I do. Yeah, that's that's so interesting. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't yes. there last week. And if you notice that an exchange of Stefan Diggs for any other wide receiver on Allen's team would result in a win for myself. Um, I like to think that neither Allen nor I had the had this foresight nor uh, mental fortitude or maybe mental foolhardiness to play Ramondre Stevenson or Mark Ingram in our starting lineups. Facts. Um, That's very true. I, I saw them at the bottom of our benches and I was like, I know for a fact that like we both looked at that, but that was ne- neither of our main considerations for sit start. Like absolutely. Um, <laughs> 100% agree with you. Man, there. I, I, it really did come down to Matt Stafford. It, it, it really pains me because the 49ers, you know, the team that I root for, the team that I hold very near and dear to my heart were the ones to deliver me this fantasy defeat. Um, what pains me even more is I know how god awful our secondary is. It is not good. What I wasn't aware of was how god awful Van Jefferson was. Can like I he looked good as a wide receiver three, he looks terrible as a number one outside wideout and what's supposed to be a wide receiver two. Oh, can't adjust. Yeah, Matt Stafford was thrown to him, like the or the the balls were not far away from him. He just couldn't catch him. Without uh, Bobby Trees, uh, Cooper Cup is just like triple covered. Like it, they, mm-hmm. the other defense like does not care. I think Cooper Cup still had like a good game, but we'll, we'll get to that later. Um, and we'll also get to uh, why Allen has Stephon Diggs later as well. But yes, uh, sad game. Um, a very somber uh, Monday night. I actually... Uh, had a, a very specific ping to my manager that I was going to log off um, and resign to my fate that uh, I was going to have to watch the 49ers do just well enough for me to lose my fantasy week, which actually they just blew them out. Um, I had a bet on the 49ers on the second half trying to like reverse jinx myself a fantasy win. And I mm-hmm. it actually didn't come through. I, I won that bet, which was the saddest bet for me to lose. I think. take that back. The saddest bet for me to lose was the, the 49ers winning the Super Bowl. That, that was the saddest bet. Uh, but let's move on. Understandable. GG's. Uh, yes, good game, Alan. I'll see you in the finals. Uh, you better get there. You you better not lose to Diego and route. Um, I mean, we'll I see. Say. But but first, I, I'd I'd like to discuss the Padres and the solo Padre. <laughs> uh, as we look at Joe, who, as I mentioned earlier, seven and three king, joining me. Uh, 168.56 to 120.5 from the Reaper of the Padres. Uh, This squad struggled. If I do a quick count, I think it's five or six players of the starting roster for Lasky in single digits. Uh, CD Lamb with a monster 28.6 and Dak with 30.34. You love the connection there, but that was about it. Uh, Noah Fant and the the kicking team, uh, not even counting the special teams of the defense there, were the only other players in double digits. So Joe kind of just took this one and ran. I think, Neil, you and I, again, were texting about this one over the weekend. Starting, I think, the 4 o'clock games, Joe had about 40 points with... Oh, yeah. <laughs> two or three of his players that have played uh, and then come, you know, by the end of the chiefs game, it was just a bloodbath. Uh, I felt bad for Lasky having to watch the rest of that on Monday with Cooper cup and Higby going. So, you know, you love a touchdown from Higby, but not really much else to say. Your bench is God awful. Whole bunch of zeros. You have no depth. Um, wow. You know, surprised that you still have Russell Will. They're all on by. Hopkins is dealing with hammy stuff. Uh, David Montgomery is back this uh, week. Kareem Hunt, uh, I think he's like in the Caribbean somewhere. I hope he comes back soon. 
Uh, Cooks was on by Devontae Booker. I won't hear any slander on him. Um, Jared Cook has been banished from my team. Um, and then the one thing I just, (laughs) the one thing I want to point out here is I came very close to starting Russell Wilson over Mahomes, and I would have been just like in a deep, deep pit of sadness if I did that. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, uh, two distinct texts that I sent to Joe. Uh, one was, oh man, good thing you didn't listen to me on the podcast. (laughs) I almost did it, but I just, I just knew Um, I would just just have, I would have more regret if I started Wilson than the opposite. And, And number two, Actually, um, you know, I just did the math. Joe, if you didn't play a quarterback, I, still you know, that's, um, so that's I, the age-old dilemma, yikes. right? When you know you've won if you, and you just, like, kind of take a knee, knee on the field. Um, not for political reasons, but more to just kind of, like, strike your shit. Um, yeah, yeah, but... You want to get blackballed, so yeah. you got to make, make yes, it want. I want to keep playing. That, that was the first text. Um, but good to see that, actually, if you did follow my advice, it wouldn't have mattered. And two... Uh, another down week for Cooper Cup. I check the app. I see the 20 plus points and I just go, you spoiled motherfucker. Like, this is unbelievable. I wish I had a wide receiver who I could say 23 points. Yeah, you know, he averages 25.9. So you really want to see more out of him. Um, Only scoring 23.2 on a down week. Hopefully, get get better. Get better. Hopefully, he gets better in the bye and uh, he'll come back strong against Green Bay. Get good, Cooper Cup. Thoughts and prayers. Peas and peas. Speaking of T's and P's. General, the only player or or general manager in the league this week to put up less than 100 points, Uh, 88.76 in a losing effort to Nick, who I believe in the previous podcast episodes we've talked about has been absolute trash. Suddenly on a two game win streak, 138.87. Again, very similar here. I guess the difference is General's team had two players with zero points. At least Nick mm. had everybody put up points, although he did start Odell Beckham Jr. Um, if that's your starting wide receiver, I don't know why you keep sitting Marquise Hollywood Brown. I'm pretty sure he's a top 10 wide out according to ESPN. He's number uh, six. Right so now, yeah. a questionable roster move. Is Miami's defense really that good? But, you know, we'll give you the win here against what truly is a crumbling Nathan Graham. My only thoughts on, on Nate here is uh, I know he golfs a lot. So is he trying to get the lowest score? Is that, is he just confused? That very well. Maybe. Have you been waiting? I've been waiting for that. Yeah, very well. Maybe <laughs> truthfully, uh, we might have to talk okay. to him about, you know, what the, the purpose of this game at least is to score more points than your opponent, not have the lesser <laughs> score. Just double checked. And Nick has put Marquise Brown in his starting lineup. My theory was that he thought it was Marquise Goodwin which would make sense to bench him. And they don't look No, I bet you he was just going for kind of like the the boom factor of OBJ, but um, it just didn't pan out. Oh, that's gross. That's what he picked over him. Oh, I didn't pay close attention. But I will say that the saddest part of the double zeros from from Nate's Russell Gage and Mike Gusecki is that they were fully active. It Mm. wasn't like a Lasky situation where they just went out on the second like snap of the game. Like they actually played the, the entire time and just didn't do yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, we were high on the um, Russell Gage edition for Nate. It seemed like he was going to get targets, but I don't really yeah. know what happened. He, he got three. It was, it was just a it was bad too, game. The, game script, like, the, be- the, the Falcons yeah. were absolutely horrendous. There was no offensive production. Matt Ryan got benched at one point. It was just bad to be an Atlanta player. We saw we saw the uh, the chosen Rosen True. come out. Wow. And then he threw a pick. 
And then we saw whatever a uh, what the heck was his name? Savage, like uh, a f- something like I, it was like a it was like a word that you would actually use. It wasn't like a last name, last name like Williams. It was like an object. Uh, Shake, I forget, but like the third quarterback was also quite interesting. Rough, um, rough. Yeah, but let's let's move on to uh, the reason why or the matchup that uh, enabled Nate to be the only player to score less than a hundred uh, because Edwin scored 100.38 in his loss to Jacob last week. Um, and that was really a... Uh... Yeah, I mean, Jacob benefited from the uh, the KC boom, right? Tyreek Hill had 27 and a half. He did, yeah. And that, that really uh, terrible Seattle game where they got shut out as well. The Packers defense putting up a 22 there off yep. turnovers yep. and just the shutout. Um I think this is Edwin's. Is it his second or third week in a row playing a player that's not that's not active? Let me let's. Look, I'm gonna go back and look. You guys keep talking. I think it's two. It might be three. But Jamal Williams should not be starting in anyone's roster. I, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I. I mean, it just. He, I don't think he has the answers. Like he had Saquon and Joe Mixon on a bye, so I guess like that's an excuse. But. Um, there's not a lot of answers. Sitting Devonta Smith at this point doesn't seem to make much sense. That, yeah, I, I think Devonta sense. Smith is a must-start in all of your your uh, you know rosters. I understand from Edwin's perspective, you know Metcalf, Godwin, Deontay Johnson. Which one's going to start over him? You play the matchups there. I don't think Metcalf would have been the right play, even though the projections were high. Um, you know, I think Devonta Smith would have been the better matchup play there. But, you know, same thing. Hey, at least he didn't start Tua this week, uh, even though Tua did go in because of an injury to the starting Miami quarterback. I think Jacoby Brissett. So not really much to say here. I think Jacob's team is good overall. Uh Obviously, you know, he had a bye week on David Johnson and Kenny Galladay, so we'll see what happens. I think same thing for Jacob. You know, he's really got to be playing Hunter Renfro. But, oh, um, man, what are you going to do when Kenny Galladay is on bye week? Like he's like he's going to do anything. Yeah. He could use an extra wide receiver on his team, I feel like. Uh, yeah, I think he could too. I really think that Jacob's team is like one elite wide receiver mm. short of truly. Contending. Now it's I think it is with his running well, back stable. I, I, you know, I think he has a couple of options there to start. I, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Because choosing between David Johnson, JD McKissick and Zach Moss is just a super appealing, uh, and Cordero. Pat, just a super well, I think realistically he's going to start Robinson and Patterson and, and then backs? play Renfro with Pittman and Hill uh, or, Something to that effect is what I would imagine from him. I don't know why he hasn't been playing Renfro. Like Renfro I, I don't know that either. I I, I don't know that either. That that would be a good question to ask if we ever get a guest on here and it's Jacob. Could I ask him about it? Yeah, so shout shout out for guests too. Like I don't understand. Like you literally just have to sign on to Discord and talk. Like we're got, we're not going to make you like do a true. Would love to get some that. league members on. Give um, a little guest experience of uh, yeah. how you know they're feeling. Non Nick League members. If you're a league member and you're not Nick, I'm in uh, contact with Scotty with, with your son. So uh, maybe next week. Ah, <laughs> Did, are, are we getting Scotty Pippen on to talk about his? Brother? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and he's just going to say that <laughs> Michael Jordan is like maybe potentially a top 100 player all time. Be careful, Diego <laughs> might have a connection. He's close. He's you never close. know. Ooh, that Diego, hook us up with the uh, 11th row uh, Celtics tickets. Like I'll even go to like a Clippers game or something. That's totally fine. I'll fly out. Our DMs are open. Um, or, speaking of Diego, he 
Uh, defeated, actually, was this the closest game of last? Yeah, in the closest game of last week, defeated Brendan by 10 points um, due to just the uh, sheer dominance, sort of, of the Patriots-ish. Yeah, I mean, Jacoby Myers got his Myers? first touchdown yeah. pass, and that seems to be, like, most of the reason why he kind of got over the hump here. Brennan's team also kind of underperformed, in my opinion. He had Beasley, you know, the Cardinals D kind of didn't look like themselves. Darren Waller didn't do that great. I think Fournette's fine. You know, he had, he had good, his, his good players did well. Um, but you know, he still has the Kyler Murray out. So that's a big hit. And then the rest of his team just meh. Brendan has quarterback, two good running backs, mostly Devonte Adams, and then just Darren Waller, and then the most miserable sit-start decisions like Cole Beasley, Corey Davis, yeah. like oh, not fun. Michael Carter in there, like no, you don't want to start any of those players like on a regular. Basis. It seems like every week he doesn't start um, Corey I've, Davis. Corey Davis has over ten points. Yeah, exactly. Like it's really playing like the Russian roulette here. Like I might start betting. Um, Corey Davis props um, dependent on like if Brendan starts him or not. Um, I think the third quarterback here, I know why Brendan had to do it. He thought Kyler was going to play. Um, but then when he didn't, he had to pick up a third one and Carson had already gone. Um, but he did he get rid of the third quarterback this week on waivers? We will see. True. Um, awesome. But that's basically uh, it for the yeah, week 10 think- recap. I think there's a couple of other topics that we wanted to dive into. This one personally comes from me and we've alluded to it a little bit prior as well, but uh, there was a trade this past week. Uh, I made a trade of Cordell Patterson to Jacob for Stefan Diggs. And I just want to say if a nomination were available for superlatives at the end of the year, best trade partner has to go to Jacob Um, from two trades with him. Now this year, he's always responded. He's knowledgeable about what he knows he wants for his team. Um, and he is very um, adamant in getting what he believes is is right for his squad. And it's been a pleasure to work with him. So I'd like to nominate him, uh, if possible, for best trade partner 2021 season. All righty, cool. Jacob, you're nominated for an award in which there is no physical prize. But I do think that, you know, you are You get a, a sticker nice in ESPN. We can that. assign a digital... We'll we'll do something. Yeah, we'll we'll do something. We'll do. I, I don't know. I don't know oh, yeah, if we yeah, could, yeah. you know. I don't know how much the budget we have for the league the rest of the year is. We'll have to look into that. But at a minimum, we could probably give you a free badge on the ESPN league. This was sleeper. We could give you a lot more cool. There stuff. it is. I, I'm just saying. There's an ESPN podcast. On a he's he's basis, hosted a, a sponsor for another <laughs> company. Unbelievable. I'm just saying, sleeper. Like, if we want to do weekly awards, if we want to do custom awards on a custom we'll, periodic basis, we'll bring that up in, in the off-season podcast. We'll, we'll have a discussion about league enhancements for the next year. I, I hope we do. So, I, I want to talk about this this trade partner of yours. I want to transition a little bit from Jacob getting the super nice guy award. What, what's the saying? There's a saying about nice guys. What is it? They finish last. Is that what it is? Um, and the reason I say that is because this trade is atrocious. And I want to say that this trade was, I believe, processed the night before my birthday. So I wasn't really paying that close of attention. I saw it. I approved it. I approved every trade. I didn't really I approve every trade. I don't really think too much about it. But when I actually sat down and looked at it, especially 
I had the opportunity to sit down and look at it very hard and long as Stefan Diggs was putting up 30 points on my team this week. Um, and I thought, okay, let's think about this from a name and age perspective, right? St Stefan Diggs is younger. He has more potential and he's a bigger focal point on his team. Cordero Patterson's old. This is like his flash in the pan year. Like just thinking from like these big season ideas, the expectations, how the teams are doing, right? Like just from these big ideas, not even putting numbers into it, you wouldn't think to trade Cordero Patterson for Stefan Diggs. And if you were thinking of trading Stefan Diggs, you would think you could get more for him. Like, I don't know, a DeAndre Swift caliber of running back instead of a Cordero Patterson caliber running back. But then I thought, maybe I'm being silly. Maybe I am not giving enough benefit of the doubt or trust into this trade. Let me, let me analyze this a little more. Let me look at the data, the numbers, right? So, okay, I think let's look from a team perspective okay. first, right? Never mind the fact that the Falcons just put three points up this past week. But let's just let's he let's didn't know that going season, into the right? trade. They put up three points after the trade was made. Oh, let's 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 th these are these are week one through ten numbers I'm referencing right now. So it didn't even include this this past week, right? No, so, week ten is what just happened. Bills? So we are in week eleven. Oh, okay, I stand I stand corrected. These these stats include that, but it's one week out of ten. So here we are. Bills, top three in scoring, top three in pass attempts, top 10 in overall offense, number two in, in terms of target share to wide receivers, right? That's just the Bills. The Falcons, bottom seven in rush attempts, bottom seven in scoring, bottom seven, actually bottom five in overall yardage for the team. So it's like, huh, from a team perspective, wouldn't you want the player on the higher powered offense? That, that's curious. So then I'm like, okay, wait, well, can't say that because I still want CMC over, you know, someone on Ravens, for example, even though that's a much higher powered offense. So let's look at the individual players. So Stefan Diggs has the highest target share on the team with 27% and the seventh most targets overall in the league with about 10 per game. His weighted opportunity rating, which is a composite metric of the proportion of, your, of a player's target share and air yards on their team. And if you look at that, actually, Stephon Diggs has a 64% Woper, um, which is top 15 in the league. His average depth of target is, is, uh, is 12 yards. He has over 1,000 air yards for this season. He actually gets good targets. There's actually leading indicators to show that Stephon Diggs' performance is sustainable. Even when he was earlier in the league, when he was underperforming, these leading indicators were there to show that, hey, this is actually a highly productive player under the guise of the smaller sample size at the beginning of the year, not yet showing his true production. Conversely, for Daryl Patterson, he gets five targets per game. Excellent. Outstanding for a running back, I will say. And the Falcons do throw the, the highest number of passes to running backs in the league. It's not a big number. It's 98. So it's not a big number. It's not in the... 300s like it is to the wide receivers, right? But I will admit, the Falcons like to throw to their, to their running backs. Patterson does get less than eight carries per game, though, which by any measure, even for a waiver wire pickup running back, if my waiver wire pickup running back got eight carries, I would not be happy with that pickup. I would want to see at least anywhere between 10 to 12 with, you know, a target or two in there. I don't even see Patterson getting that volume. 
If you look at his Wolper of 24%, that's in the high 120s of every offensive player in the league. That's between Alan Lazard and Tyler Higby. And I'm sorry, Joe, not to poo-poo Tyler Higby, but like no one's racing to try to get him, right? How dare you? I would. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm I'd, sorry. I'd go after Tyler Higby. I mean. <laughs> and, his, and Patterson, just to finish the, the numbers, Patterson's average depth of target is four yards. He has an he has under 200 air yards for the year. It's all yak. It's all based on blown defenses. It's not a sustainable leading indicator of how this is going to go. So I think that from both a analytical quantitative numbers perspective and a I love to watch football on Sundays, look at them go perspective, atrocious, unforgivable, undeniable trade rape by Allen. And I rest. I re- that's, that's all I have. That's all I have. I don't know if I I want there to be one. Uh, I I feel like Neil's said his piece. He he's at peace with what he said. Um, I, I if there was going to be a rebuttal, I would counter somewhere along the lines of the statistics that Neil has as dutifully taken the time to document and mention, while rather important, are not necessarily known or paid attention to on a widespread level in fantasy football. Um, Some of those statistics I myself didn't even know. So uh, in that regard, you know, listen, the trade was discussed. There were many options that were batted back and forth. This is the one that was agreed upon, and that's the one that was done. Trade happened. I approved it. I would not take that back. I think that Jacob now has to live with the consequences. I just think that you don't even need to look at advanced numbers to understand why this trade wasn't a good one. And I think the entire league understands that. So you're right. I've said my piece. And I I also think to to clarify one thing too, and Neil, this goes in your favor, which is probably odd considering the conversation that we're having. Um, But in all the years of playing fantasy with Neil, I don't think there would ever be an instance with Neil as commissioner where he would veto a trade unless it was just abhorrently awful or collusion was involved. Um, It's, it's pretty much, you know, I I think Neil, from, from my perspective and experience with playing with you, you know, like you just said, you know, each GM makes a trade, they make a trade. Everybody's going to have a comment about it. Absolutely. But the trades that they make, they live and die by. um, And that's what it is. So I don't want anybody to ever think that like, you know, Neil would be vetoing your trade just because you're afraid that it may come across as one-sided. We still want to promote trades in the league. We still think it's good. We want you guys to have those conversations. Um, You know, this is just one opinion on a trade that was made this week. Let me tell you, if you can get one-sided trades pulled off, Please get them done. I'll approve them and then we can talk about them. But let me tell one-sided trades are different than collusion. I want to I'll make that very clear. Okay. And I can tell. <laughs> Which brings awesome. us to, I guess, to a- um <laughs> not necessarily collusion or anything, but we, we have a we have an up-and-coming team here. Uh, which is which has been rising as of late, and and with this rise has come some incredible trash talk. So we pose the question: Intro on the Exhale Podcast, Episode Three. Here is Diego's trash talk really worth for what his roster is? Do do we feel like he's a perennial threat to the throne here? I mean, Joe, you and me is seven and three Kings and, and Neil, you know, in a playoff spot right now. 
I, I, let's see. Um, do you mind if I provide some examples of the trash? No, please, like please. Hey, here's some of the things for. that we've been okay. hearing over the past so, few weeks. Just let's let's go from most recent, and I'll, I'll go farther back. So we have. I think it's clear. I'm tier one, and Neil <laughs> isn't. LOL. He also has said. Watching me lose in 4K. Oh my god, a lot of these are about me. <laughs> so we see a pattern, I guess, is what we're saying. Mm. And then, um, let's see here. He says, doo, 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 if you lose and I pass you on points for that'll be funny in a reference to Alan. He also has said, dun, dun. okay, wow, a lot of stuff about Diego's work. Interesting. Two phones, two phones. You know, Gates. Honestly, there's not a lot. No, he just comes oh in. When God, he comes wait. in, he comes in no. strong. I don't know if it's the two phones he can like. Yeah. He like it's two times the trash talk. I don't, I don't know if that plays a role, but it's he certainly it's ramped up. Both phones and then sends two separate trash <laughs> messages. <laughs> exactly. I don't know why I'm not more offended about this because there's really just like the main things are like swaths of insults towards me and Alan. Yeah, I mean he's and he's Taylor third Smith. in points four right now, only five behind myself. Um, yeah, I mean as of late, what, is he on a three game win streak, four game win streak? He's fourth he's in points four. four. He's I on a four game win streak. Second in the uh, West Division game. behind me right now at six and four. Um, if you look at what his team has been consistently riding as of late, I would say Jonathan Taylor is the biggest one. He is the number one fantasy running back, according to ESPN right now, has played absolutely lights out as of late, although he has a tough Buffalo defense coming into town this week. And Diego, which we'll talk about in a little bit, has probably the biggest game of his life this week. So we'll see how it plays out. He's starting Nick Chubbalub right now, who is still on the uh, COVID IR due to the illness uh but he is vaccinated from what the professional reports have indicated he just needs to show two negative tests within a 24 or 48 hour span i believe and then he is cleared to play however he has not practiced in almost a week and a half so interesting play there i don't necessarily know if uh sony michelle is out on bye this week not that that's a good bye week fill-in but i don't know what do you guys think i think that um i think that if chubb plays like he's not going to practice it's it's the like a gimme i actually really hope chubb doesn't play so i could play dearness johnson in that matchup anyways but i do agree that this team is fuel has been fueled recently by tom brady connecting with mike evans quite consistently over the last four weeks over that winning streak even though he did have that bye week um their bye week win um nick chubb and john to taylor but also like the good matchups of the patriots like the patriots have had Starting with the like over the four game win streak, the Patriots have played the Jets, that Chargers game that went really well for y'all, the Panthers game, uh, the Panthers and then Cleveland last week. So like the Pats sort of resurgence has also really fueled this league. Yeah, I mean, and even looking but ahead to the Pats, they're not really facing a ton of kind of obstacles. I mean, they have Atlanta, Tennessee, Buffalo is a tough one. Uh, then the bye. I mean, Indianapolis is a pushover. Buffalo again. Jacksonville sucks, and Miami sucks. Um, so I, I, um, Jacksonville, the potential fantasy finals is is very risky here. It's very is very dangerous. We cannot let that. Here's happen. here's Alan. one thing that I just want to call out. Diego's team is entirely dependent upon the Patriots roster. Correct? Do we all agree on that? Outside of Brady and Taylor, I guess. Outside I mean, of, Brady and Taylor like can carry parts. those guys when they uh, when they're not performing. Like, 
Yeah, I, I agree. It's like most fantasy teams are like, I would say like six to eight parts. This team is three, is like Correct. pretty much three. And, and, and with like that, three. the yeah. Patriots have a bye in week 14, which is the equivalent to the end of the season when the playoff rankings in fantasy matter most. So Diego, no matter what he does in the next three weeks, is going to have three-fourths of his roster on a bye in a week that could potentially make or break his playoff run. Do I want to be Diego at that point in time? No, I do not. So I think while he is on a four-game win streak, and while I do think the Patriots have a good upcoming schedule to their bye, I don't necessarily know if Tampa Bay and Cincinnati do, and relying on an injured and sick running back and Jonathan Taylor isn't going to be enough for this team to do it. That's all I'm going to say. Those are fair points. Um, it should be interesting. He, he's kind of defied logic for these past four weeks. Um I mean, to, to have any chance, he's going to have to hit the waiver wire pretty hard, right? Like, you can, Sony Michelle is kind of like an easy drop. Um, but, like, I mean, his backup tight end is also a Patriot. So, like, he needs to make a bunch of moves here. I don't know why he has both still. Like, it, it's very confusing to me that he's like, I want Yanu Smith, who I think now is a fullback and didn't even play last week, and Hunter Henry, who gets all the red zone targets. Why wouldn't you just want Hunter Henry? I don't understand. I don't know. Did D, can we move on into the next one? Let's talk about the waiver wire pickups because I'm curious to know: Did Diego pick anybody up this week? Diego, I don't think did he did. Right. So at, at, at the end of the day, he he's not. comfortable with the roster that he has. I guess is what that tells me. Which is an interesting perspective to have. I guess from the outside looking in, that the GM is comfortable with what he has, but there's some definite weaknesses here. I think down the stretch. And to your point, Alan, like he's going to consistently be lower in the waiver wire tier. Like if he, the more he wins, the the closer to like seven, eight, nine, ten he'll be. True. And kind of like when he gets to that week fourteen, it's going to be a problem when he's kind of like last in the in line when essentially he's going to be the neediest uh, neediest that week. True. I, I agree. I think, are there any real surprises here for the waiver wire this week? I think one hilarious trend is that Lasky, Nate, and I are the top three pickups, and we all dropped the players we picked up last yeah, week. I've been, I've been noticing a lot kind of like, so even on my, on my own team, it's like, ugh, like you, you, you kind of, um, like the new thing is a lot more enticing than what you literally pick up. Yeah, it's week. like, ooh. Yeah. A, a shiny Donta Foreman over the old Adrian Peters. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean Kendrick Bourne and Russell Gage are almost like the same. <laughs> are the same. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. With Except that. one of them scored zero points. <laughs> in the other one. Yeah, and Ken, I would argue that um, Kendrick Bourne is like less a part of that offense. But like last week, Russell Gage didn't have a pass. So like we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, looking at some of the other pickups, I do think that. Um, Darnell Mooney to uh, the Generals team is pretty nice. It is, yeah, he's been getting a lot of targets and just like in general, just like getting a lot of attention on that offense. Um, I had him on my team for a while. I think you had him on your team for a little bit too, Joe. I, I don't think I ever started. Yeah, him. no. Um, and then, I mean, that often, I don't know, kind of like as the, yeah. leagues, or as the weeks progress, like I'm getting more and more weary of these teams that don't have like a ton of offensive firepower. So, like, the Bears kind of stress yeah. me out. Um, the Cardinals stress me out, too, with uh, Kyler Murray injured. Like, I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to start the wide receivers there. Yeah, and, and it's getting colder, too. So, as, as it gets colder, like, it tends to have an impact on the scoring. Yeah, that's now. a good point. Um, 
So look, going down the list, I don't think anything else too big. I got the quarterback I wanted, which I was surprised by. I thought Edwin would go for a quarterback, but he just didn't make any pickups. And then you sort of see like this hilarious contingency yep. plan I had of Joe Burrow, Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins. And I literally picked up Jeremy Cox because I was like, if if all three of those quarterbacks go, I at least want to chuckle in the moment. Okay. So that's why that's why you see the failed pickup of Denver running back Jeremy. No, Cox. it is it is interesting to see kind of like the thought process and like all right, if 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 X doesn't work out, I'll do Y, and then kind of like the the contingency plans. To your point, um, it seems like we're the only <laughs> ones that kind of utilize that uh, thought process. Um, I don't think there's there were any other pickups really. Um, I got Browns defense because. Uh, Nate snaked away Panthers defense for me. And then I think Lasky picked up Dolphins defense because they're playing the, uh, the Jets. Um, oh, sorry, my dog did something cute. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, no, yeah. I mean, it seems like the way we <laughs> <wire laughs> pickups were a lot more interesting uh, last week. I'm not sure. This, this one was kind of a dud. It was kind of like AJ Dillon at the top and then, uh, a couple other kind of oh, just straightforward yeah. stuff. I see Allen didn't make a pickup because his team is it's just, just too good. good. Don't have anything to say in this section because I, I completely agree with that last statement. Couldn't be bothered, you know. Was just, just just saw it like just did like shoot his hand away from his phone. I was like, I don't even need this. And then went back to playing um, Little Kitty Allen Adventure. I've been playing TFT a lot lately, to be honest. Uh, but we can talk about that another time. Yeah. Oh, you know the TFT? I do the uh, the heart. Hearthstone Battlegrounds has been my jam. If you want, if you want to do that, we play some I don't doubles. Know what that is, but... um, it, it's lower effort than TFT because you don't have to. Okay, I, I won't get into it. I won't get into it. But all right, let's go into the the league power rankings here because there has been some shift since uh, since last week. So uh, I'll let you two seven and three kings talk about your your. Oh, tier. appreciate that. Yeah, I mean the, the contenders tier. I mean um, it's it's hallowed ground. Um, not a lot of people have stepped foot in it. Um, Neil has stepped out of it, actually. So right now in the contenders, we have Alan, myself, and Diego moving up into contender territory. And I think let's just clarify, Diego is realistically in some form of italics or, or, or you know, with a question mark next to his name because we don't want to feed the ego, right? It's already bigger than the Discord server itself. So we're trying to tame the beast a little bit, but we do recognize... We do recognize that for the next couple of weeks and on his current four game win streak, he has been doing very well. Um, So we do see him right now as a contender and somebody that probably will make the playoffs, Um, but we'll see what happens down the stretch here. Like some of the points we just mentioned. Then I think after that, Joe, uh, the two other teams for the wild cards, which again, we're, we're notating here is likely to make the playoffs are Neil and Jacob. Um, which I'm not sure if is that much of a switch up. Obviously, Neil falls out of the contenders bracket there. Uh, but we have Jacob, who I believe was here last week, if not was at in the dark horses spot. Um, you know, two teams who we believe they're going to be in the playoffs. Um, you know, obviously a, a win for Jacob and a loss for Neil last week, but they have the pieces there. The division seems to be what the division is. Uh, it's already predetermined. So, if I could add on to this as well, um, I, I want to say like a, a saying that I always like to reference is it's better to be lucky than good. And in this case, I would like to say that I've been good. I have the most points for in the league. Um, but Jacob has been lucky because he has the least points against. And sometimes that's 
that's the better that's the better path. I, I guess I was going um, if you're thinking that kind of answers a little bit of my question. But I was gonna I was gonna pose like, what do you think kind of makes this team stand uh, stand out from the rest of uh, the teams that we're gonna talk about in a second? Um, like Josh Allen kind of stands out to me. So kind of like Josh Allen and Zach Moss kind of relying on this oh, Bill, yeah. that Bills offense. It's, it's the Bills offense. It's it's the emer- it's like the Tyreek Hill, Michael Pittman, like pretty reliable performances week to week. I think Pat Fryermuth will likely need to be replaced at some point. Um, I think that running back still needs to be looked at. But the, once Michael Gallup comes out, actually, that'll you can fit him in the flex. You can move James Robinson up. Actually, yeah, okay. So I could see a path here. Um, so maybe moving forward, even if Jacob doesn't get as lucky, he could still make the playoffs. Um, but I do think that if Jacob really wants to make a push into like the contenders, he has to fix up his, his bench a little bit more. Um, I don't really see why he's holding Mac Jones. If Josh Allen has already had his, his buy, like switch that out, get a dart throw, try to make some trades happen, maneuver for another RB. You do that. Jacob's in the contender tier for sure. Gotcha. Do you think, do you think Gronkowski is worthy of kind of like a, kind of like taking up a space on this roster? Or is he kind of just like relying on the name? I think stands an injured reserve in this league. Yeah. He's worth it. I also kind of like know you guys are like Pats fans. So like for me, like even if, it was like more so the name than than the uh, perceived production when he returns, which I do think a lot of the production when he returns, like it makes total sense to me that Jacob would would hold on to him, even if it's not like a hundred percent rational. But like I do I do think it it is. I think that Mac Jones is is really what's clogging up this this bench. I would actually say that there's credence to drop Kenny Galladay as well and let someone else take that. So so do you think uh, um, rostering Mac Jones is just a he's kind of like boxing out Diego from getting Mac Jones? It's a good possibility. <laughs> it's a very good possibility, although I would love to see that happen. Honestly, that's why I picked up Ramondre. Just so Diego couldn't have the sleeper alert. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that was a great pick. I was like, I, I seem to be like a, a pretty big cog in that machine over there. Dude, he, he runs like he runs like passes the eye test. Big 10. Like he, he looks real good. Like opposite of Sony. Agree. Who's now um, on the Rams. We can talk shit about him now because he's not on our team. Absolute trash. Speaking of talking shit, let's, hit the, let's hit the dark horse category. Oh, yeah. Dark horses, we have Brendan, which I, I, again, not sure how much that shifted from last week. I think for next week, what we'll do is we'll have a comparison to last week, maybe a plus or a minus, depending on where they go, mm-hmm. so that we arrow. can pay yeah. attention to that mm-hmm. more. So, listeners, we'll fix that. Um, but Brendan in the dark horses category this week, I think we said earlier outside of Devontae Adams and, and you know, two other positional players not really the best team that we're looking at in terms of matchups to play every week fringe players wide receiver two threes running back threes at best so really a dark horse any quarterbacks yeah not sure where it's going um we have them in the dark yeah so i think um quick fantasy advice here for brendan that was not asked for would be to ditch carson wentz or one of the quarterbacks at least get someone in there Oh, there's two jets. Alan, how do you feel about that? Uh, that's why he's a dark horse. Nightmare. Absolute nightmare. You don't know what's going to happen. You know the rule. No jets, no giants. It's a it's a fantasy strategy that Actually, has worked for over 10 years of playing the the eSport, if you will. Um, it's go, go into your head. Like maybe next week, I want you to come up with like a list of top five. Like if you had to literally like for some odd reason, like in some weird circumstances where like an intruder came into your home and he pointed a gun at you and said, 
and make me fix my. T- tell me your top five favorite either Jets or Giants that you would own on your fantasy team. Go. Alan's dead. That's what I mean. Wow. He just refuses to partake. Uh, uh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm genuinely <laughs> he, racking my brain, and I, I can't think of a single one. He'd rather die a principled man. I mean, uh, the, the, the correct answer no. is... Uh, I, uh, no. I can think of some. Uh, Devontae Booker? Daniel Jones, Devontae Booker, um, Michael Carter, uh, Elijah Moore, maybe Evan Ingram, and I'm saying that, like, removing myself you're, completely you're gross. from this situation. No, you're not. No, you're not. That, that's an ultimate troll. Evident is definitely not on that list for you. Anyways, Sterling Shepard. Uh, here, here, here's okay, what I'm moving would, on. What, what you're describing trash. is trash. And yes, Neil. Speaking of trash, the bottom four teams in the power rankings this week: Nark, Edwin, Lasky, Nate. I, I want to call out specifically because I do want to poke this button and put uh, you know get at the bear a little bit here. The general has the worst team in the league. And when I made the first trade with the general, I didn't think that, but now I kind of think that I, I I'm going to go back next week and look at what his offensive production has been in terms of points for week to week. But I, I feel like it has been increasingly declining, like drastically. It is horrible. Uh, I Nate has a 9% chance to make the playoffs per ESPN second or uh, only ahead of Lasky, who has a 1% Yikes. chance. That's pretty rough. Um, least points for, uh, yeah, least points for by a pretty good margin of 50. Um, in terms of points against kind of middle of the pack, actually towards the, the actually, yeah, bottom three. So kind of unlucky there. Not really though. Um, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know. There's this team has just get, been getting more injured and it's just been a spiral. Of yeah, death. I mean, K- Khalil Herbert should be dropped at this point. I mean, he is he's a complete afterthought in that yeah. offense. Says the David Montgomery owner. Yeah, it's just just coming down from the mountaintop, <laughs> just preaching the gospel of David Montgomery. <laughs> Excuse me, have you heard of David Montgomery? Would you like Would you like to hear about him? Um, Jar- Jarvis Landry also hasn't really been helping you, General. I'm sorry about that. Um, but Alex Collins also hasn't been helping you that much so that to take a retrospective of our trade another week removed from it still a terrible trade i think so yeah i just i also want to point out that um, so i think i figured out why lasky's team is called dos padres and it's for the number of wins he has oh wow oh shit the savagery you're just (laughs) taking claim as his father I mean, it's tough to shit on my son like this, but at, at some point it has to be done. <laughs> that poor, poor man. He'll, he'll, he'll recover. Next year, he'll, he'll do great things. Yeah. I can feel it. He's tall. He'll yep. be okay. The world's easy for a man like him, of his stature. Um, yeah, just an observation I think we made earlier this evening was that uh, Lasky just has so many running backs, and it's just because every single week he gets like, the cream of the crop True. running back du jour of that True. waiver wire class. And it just has the creme de la He gets the top waiver wire pick every single week and it still hasn't helped this team. So let me, uh, let me talk about Edwin because I feel like I, I need to, to maybe comment on this team. Cause I've been, I've been uh, alerted that I maybe treat this team with uh, kid gloves or I maybe don't give this team as much criticism as, as it deserves. And I would like to say, 
That's absolutely false. This team is wonderful. I don't know why it's in the trash division. I, th I think, you know, just because the owner or the manager put in two zero-point players two weeks in a row, like, is that really a reason that we need to poo-poo this team? Like, I, I like to think that this team's just kind of unlucky. I don't know. It's just my viewpoint, guys. I, I don't think we need to look at uh, I just like to, much. if I do get one comment, I just want to call out that episode one, we had about a 25-minute segment on Discord use, and now we're going to let pass two weeks of two zero point production players he's been traveling you know like he's been busy new different time zones like i, I, I get I, it you know excuses i just want to see active <laughs> gms and roster management and responsible roster decisions you you know that he's injured it um... has a big o in red next to his name I think you should move him out of your starting position. The games start at a specified time every can. single week for 14 weeks that normally you're watching already as a fan of the sport who's agreed to play this. So what's really that difficult about it? I, maybe, I think we should do some like classical conditioning to fix this. Like we, every time like we play who let the dogs out by the Baja men, we like, train edwin to check his fantasy lineup and then we just send him that song every single like week at that time you know, that's how i'll check his fantasy if lineup. that's what you think will work uh, i'll support what works <laughs> all right was that everyone oh there's did we talk about nick yet i don't want to talk about him what so do you someone mean? else is gonna have to talk about nick like, I, did we already go over his team or oh, we did okay cool 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 cool, cool. so yeah, i don't think yet? we have uh, he is on a two-game win streak, which is interesting but uh, because he's in the trash ranking here. But besides Debo and Austin Eckler, arguably, I don't really know what else I'm looking at here. He has Travis Kelsey. He has Aaron Rodgers. I think that's why he's been doing well the past couple of weeks. Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, and Austin Eckler. He doesn't really have any other running backs. Rojo, Javante Williams. I do personally like Javante Williams, but I don't necessarily think fantasy-wise he's truly that relevant. So realistically, I'm looking at, you know, just between Debo, Marquise Brown, Amari Cooper, on paper, they're good. Debo's really the only one who's been producing as of late. Ironically, like the latest draft, like Debo has been like the splash hit surprise of every single like person who drafted him. Um, so it's kind of interesting that uh, Javante Williams only has scored one touchdown this year. And that's something actually I notice in a lot of weeks when like red zone pops up the Broncos is like, Melvin Gordon just runs in for like a couple yards after Javante Williams like ran a 50 yarder and got tackled. And it just makes me think of Edwin because I'm like, oh, Edwin, you lucky mother. Like, I can't believe Melvin Gordon is still getting these touchdowns. Um, but even if we assume Javante Williams starts to get a touchdown every other game from this point moving forward, yeah, I, I still don't really like see the consistent production out of this team. Um, and I, I always like to harken back to the fun fact that um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has has never been a, a RB1 like ever in his time. I'm so. not even focusing on that. I'm still confused why we have two defenses and two punters. The two the two defenses and two punters is, what is pretty are we... unforgivable, especially because one is on bye. I... Um, Robert Woods is also yep, out. Too I noticed that. Year, let, like, okay, let, let me give you a, a which do you think is worse. Or, or, or which would you rather be? What, whatever that that little mini game is. Would you rather have three quarterbacks, or would you rather have two defenses and two punters? 
I would rather have three quarterbacks. Or, or would you rather have three quarterbacks and two wideouts that are on injured reserve? Because don't forget, this team had Michael Thomas for like three weeks after he was announced as injured. Until last week. So, dude, until last I, I'm week. just questioning what's really going on here. I don't think the attention level is what it needs to be, um, which is you know absolutely fine. I understand he's a busy guy at a lot of times, but we we need to see a little more activity on he this. He updated his lineup. Up, updating the lineup is like, is if you're going to log in. Updating the lineup. I agree. That's half of the show. As a manager, you got to flesh this out. Robert Woods is out. out. Let's be done. If you pick up, if you have OBJ, that's great. You know, you have the fill in there, but you need running backs. You need wideouts. You know, I guess you don't need a tight end. Although, when are the Chiefs on bye? Have they had their bye already? Okay, Uh, so they're coming up on bye. You're going to need a tight end. We'll see who's available. Uh, This one is just. I truly don't know because, you know, Neil, here's what I want to say, though. As much as I think it's bad on paper, this team is so good. I'm struggling with how this team is so bad. Four and six, you know, overall, just barely scraping there over the past couple of weeks with the teams that they've played. Um, His points against is league average. It's league average. (laughs) It's truly amazing. So... I think he's just finally getting production out of his stars, I think is sure. pretty much what it is. Um, but like I it's I feel like this team is like getting has been getting thinned out since the beginning of the year and like hasn't replenished its its like cargo hold at all. Like its bench is like the shallowest in the Agree. league, like by far. It's actually like criminal Agree. criminal neglect. Like, Agree. A I'm lot of say. top five positions um, here. Travis Kelsey number one, right? Eckler number three overall. Debo number three overall. Marquise number six. Yeah. Number two, Ponner, you know, top yeah. ten kicker. But I I just I, I don't really know where the production is coming from week to week to sustain it. These guys are too boom bust volatile. Uh, I, I, you know, especially with some of the matchups that they have, I, I don't know how San Fran's matchup can Debo really hold this. Um, well, they, we force feed Debo Samuel like every single week. Like he has, I think he has the most targets in the league, the most, if not at least top three, top five. So like he'll get it done. Like he'll produce, but at what cost? It's right. not pretty and right at what yeah. cost at the end of the day. <laughs> um yeah. So but anyways think, um... that's where the ranking stands. Of course, we'll update those moving on as we go week to week. Which brings us to I think Neil, you want to talk a little bit about the week eleven predictions what we have? Yeah, let's let's take I a think look we at have these. one more topic um, in the outro that we can talk about, but um Yeah, let's we can do predictions um and then and then get to those things. So First, uh, I'll look at my matchup. Me and Jacob, um, honestly, this is how I see this matchup going. Uh, Cordero Patterson hanging 40 points and three, with three touchdowns on my team this week and me losing because of that. That is how I see this Do we think, out. first and foremost, that Cordero Patterson is going to play Thursday night? He's practiced all week, albeit on a limited basis. He's questionable going into tomorrow night's game against the Patriots, mind you, who are on, I believe, a four-game win streak, have looked very good as of late. Um, And it's the Falcons. But for, uh, that was a pure emotional uh, response uh, and, uh, and analysis Fair. of this game. Um, from it, it thinking about like <laughs> thinking of it realistically and not from my trade uh, or the trade that has impacted me so so significantly. Um, yeah, the Patriots really should have this one. Uh, they own the Falcons. I like this is from a gambling perspective. 
you would say taking like the team names off of these two teams. If you told me, hey, there's a team that's coming to this game that just lost by 40 points and a team that's coming into this game that's on a four game winning streak and is on a huge upswing. It's a Thursday night game. What right. do you think is going to happen? Everyone is going to say, oh, that's a terrible spot right. for the team on a win streak. It's a Thursday night game where dumb True. stuff happens. This team that's lost in that fashion isn't going to want to lose. But you're right, Alan. It's the Patriots and it's the Falcons. It's Bill Belichick and it's whoever the Falcons have as their head coach now. Is no, still- Dan, Dan Quinn is no, the coordinator for the Cowboys now. Yeah. On a very good defense, uh, by the no. way. I actually don't know who. No, I look. Arthur Smith. It's Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith the, is the owner, um, isn't he? Is their head coach. Their owner is, uh, I don't know who their owner is. I don't know why I said like I knew. I said, yeah. It's Well, per Google, Arthur Smith is the Falcons' new head coach, getting his first opportunity in 2021. Interesting. Uh, oh, Arthur Blank is the owner? Is Fedric- Arthur Blank is yeah, the owner. that's who it is. Yeah, Arthur <laughs> okay. Blank. Yeah. For whatever reason, when he said the owner, I was like, Shad that's, Khan. No, that's, like, that's the Jags, right. right. I couldn't think of anything else. The Jags is Shad <laughs> yeah. Khan, right. Plus, uh, another plug here um, for activity. I noticed one of these teams does not have a full starting roster yet. Any comments from the GM? I've been doing that a uh, couple of weeks there. Yeah, so um, that's because I haven't fully decided if I want to keep Matthew Stafford on my roster or not yet. So I dropped my puncher instead. I was very seriously debating dropping Stafford or Mike Davis or Goddard. Couldn't really decide in time, so I just went with the punter drop. Um, we'll see. Uh, I'm leaning towards dropping Stafford uh, or Goddard. They've really disappointed me. I, I have to wait to see if Patterson is playing before I drop um, Mike Davis, although Mike Davis has scored less than five points over the last two weeks I don't think you should combined, be worried so much about Mike Davis. I, I, I truly don't. I think he's one of those guys that you could have gotten out from a long time ago and it would have been okay. So gross. It's the it's the psychology because I traded for him. I have like the sunk cost. So now like I, I feel like I just want to make it work, but like it's not going to work and I just need to let it go, but I can't. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. For this game, it's close. I think, I, I mean, I think I pull it out by a slim lead, uh, by a slim margin, but wouldn't be surprised if Cordell Patterson. Completely <sighs> yeah. Um, I, I, I want to say you as well. Uh, especially with Christian McCaffrey playing Washington. Um, but I do, oh, I yeah. do think Jacob will make this tight. I think yep. it's going to be a good one. Two two uh, wild cards be absolutely out this week. One hundred percent. It'll be a good one. This next matchup uh, between Nate and Joe. I don't think we need to linger on this one too much. I think the seven and three team will pretty safely beat this four and six team that does not have a defense. Yeah. Uh, again, not really a whole lot to say here. They do have a defense on the bench. So you could plug in the Panthers there. They're projected 9.2. So that bumps him up closer to oh, what Joe's projection closer. is. But as we saw last week, the, the boom bust option of Kansas city going against Dallas this week, I am starting their defense. Um, Joe wins. I think that's going to be a, a very interesting matchup, like from the Chiefs boys perspective, just because I can almost see that going either way, like a shootout between the two teams or like very little scoring. True. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that one goes. Um, I, I 
I don't know. Like J Nate's team is just so banged up. Like I don't like the the usage of his running backs, especially compared to Joe's running backs. Like I like T Higgins at Las Vegas. Emmanuel Sanders isn't the focal point of the offense. I love Emmanuel Sanders, but I like I don't love him at, at like to beat Joe. I'm really curious though to see who um, Nate's gonna plug in at the flex because I think that makes a big difference. I don't like. I don't know if it's going to be Mike Gesicki. I think there's like really interesting sort of conversation to be had for Kendrick Bourne, Jarvis Landry, or Darnell Mooney. Maybe even I could see Chase it. Claypool. If I could see uh, something yeah, there, like, yep. So that's that. A very hard choice. Um, I think at this point, it's it's uh, impossible not to surface to the to the listeners that I, I think Joe is pooping um, at this point. Yeah, Joe has just gone MIA. So, we're we're not really sure where he is, <laughs> folks. But he just he said he was going to step away for a quick minute and then has not returned. So no we hope the best. We'll we'll give knows? you guys an update if and when he does come back. Otherwise, Neil and I might just want close this one out for the rest of the night. But <clears throat> I I I don't think Joe would uh would debate us or object. Agree. If we say Agree. he's the winner. <laughs> yeah. So. That's the, our prediction there. Oh, this is this is the matchup of the week right here. We got a little uh, GMK versus. Team <sighs> you know, I think for um, all of the trash that was being talked, I'm a big macro guy, and I think Diego is a big micro guy. And what I mean by that, for some of you who may not understand necessarily what that is, is that my team is kind of built for an overall season where I don't necessarily have to swap too many of the starters each week. Their matchups are essentially proofed week to week. And this week, I have the matchup win according to ESPN in all but three categories. And of those three categories, we don't know how some of them are going to go. So it could be interesting. Also, similarly, I could lose some of what I'm projected to win, but I'm going to give it to myself. I think Diego has been all bark and no bite, and I'm going to prove that this week when I beat him. Um, I would kind of agree with that. Like, looking down the lines, like, I really don't see any advantage for Diego, even the, the few that he does have, like, the state of advantage. Like, <clears throat> Patriots defense on Thursday night, Definitely the Patriots defensive unit is better than... Actually, no. For whatever reason, I thought you had the Kansas... I read that wrong. I thought you had Kansas City. I do have the Cowboys, Cowboys defense. defense. And oh. I am starting them against and Kansas then, City. I think Patrick Mahomes is good for a couple of picks. And although their offense just exploded, good, good I think yeah. Cowboys defense is going to hold it together somewhat. It's going to be a tight game. I think it's fine. It's I, I, I completely support that decision. I don't think it's worth dropping a Jerry Judy or a, or more realistically a Cortland Sutton to pick up a defense just to stream because I would hold Agreed. on to Cowboys defense. They're they've been that good. Agreed. They're top five. So um, yeah, but even looking at top, okay, I'm gonna say it, and you're not gonna like this, Alan, but the Giants own Tom Brady, and this is a Monday night matchup where the Giants get him again. I. I, I know on paper the the Bucks just lost last week to Washington. I don't think they lose this week to the Giants. I don't think it's fireworks though. I don't see Tom Brady putting up more than um, 21 points for the entire wow. game. That's not that many opportunities for scoring. I think they win an ugly game that we forget about at the end of the season when the Buccaneers are going to the Super Bowl. But but I don't think it's going to be a pretty one. So I actually think that Herbert against Pittsburgh 
I actually like that better than Tom Brady this week. Um, or Jamar, Jamar Chase is just gets a lot of looks. I like that matchup. The Raiders corner has like, been playing very, very well uh, as of late. He, he has, but I just really trust um, Joey Joe Covers. Burrow, Joe Burrow. Huh? Okay. Funnel, funnel chase the ball. Like last week, like if we take a look at the last five weeks, um, Jamar Chase has averaged 10 targets a game. Like that's quite – that volume, even with good coverage, is enough to get production. Um, and they sort of like script him the ball. Like I, I really like that. All that, that – that was a really long way of saying – the only spot here that I like on Diego's team more than yours is Jamar Chase. Perhaps. Um, Johnny Hecker's on by, needs to replace that. But even with that, like, I, I know you don't want to jinx yourself, Alan, but like, if you lose this week, it is. Um, yeah, I, I think that's the one uh, negative oh. to it. If I lose, it's just based on luck, especially because the one big gripe with this game, and I've said it offline, but I'll bring it to the podcast episode here. This game starts on a Thursday night, folks, because, again, Diego's team is predominantly Patriots players and will run all the way until Monday with Tom Brady playing the Giants. Get ready. Hunker down, as they say in New England. Hunker down. Um, also, it looks like we got our uh, our faithful third co-host back, and it looks like he was dealing with some uh, some dog vomit. I've been there. Uh, Joe, do you want to maybe give some detail on said dog vomit? I don't know why you would say that about Lasky, but uh, no, everything's good here. <gasps> oh my god! Speaking of dog vomit, we got our next matchup: Edwin versus Lasky. Excellent segue. And it's really, what we're looking no, really at here, Edwin, right now with three players on by, might not have the depth to fill this in. Could still put up under a hundred points. Does Lasky get a third win on the season, boys? Trust Padres. Does, Does he, he evolve he to trace Padres? Padres? See or no? <laughs> How do we feel? Uh, I also, I was gonna say that I didn't think there was a roster that was more uh, or a bench more injured than um, the generals, but actually, actually, Lasky's is more. Lasky's is brutal. That's why he's the injured reaper. It is brutal. Lasky, why even hold on? And he's still favorited to win right now, albeit because of the three buys that Edwin is rostering. Should we place a little league insider bet on do we think Edwin changes this lineup? He he will. There's no way. Will he? I mean, because if he doesn't, I'll tell him. Buy is in all caps. There's no way he misses that. That, That's an easy one to switch around. Okay. And who do you think wins on this one then saying he subs Tua in and Barkley or Mixon? Who knows? He might play Jamal Williams again because he's listed as questionable. Neil, how would you feel about that? He's got to swap out Jamal Williams with a Joe Mixon. There's no way. History he hasn't do said that, that he would. Um, I, I actually think the play here is Deontay Johnson over. Um, oh, excuse me. Um, sorry. Joe Mixon over Jamal Williams, De- uh, Deontay Johnson over Chris Godwin, and then I would plug in Robbie Anderson. That'd be, or sorry, Devonta Smith. Wow. That'd be play. Devonta Smith. Okay. Yeah. That'd be, play. But that'd be what I go. With. I, I, uh, yeah. Actually, I think Lasky pulls this one out here. I think I think he makes it to Trace Padres. Trace Padres. I think. 
Actually, yeah, so do I. Looking at all of Lasky's like matchups, they're all bad defenses and then yeah. Minnesota. Yeah, hopefully so that like... Dallas game is a shootout with uh, Kansas City there. That would be a good one. Yeah, watch. we hope not. We hope Patrick yeah. Mahomes gets stifled for three picks and they don't get more than 14 points. Also, Lasky is starting Chris Carson, who is still not practiced or come off of the IR. Not really sure what's going on there. It's, it, it's called yeah, optimism. Yeah, we're gotcha. It's like a, it's gotcha. Like, uh start start him start it into existence is there any you know, optimism like... <laughs> in the narc v brandon game um the only optimism is that no <laughs> because not. I, when i look not. at these two teams i think you know one of them is in third place one of them is in fourth place they're both in the same division so it's a huge matchup for them it basically either ties them or you know one of them climbs another game higher However, roster-wise, as we've kind of mentioned previously earlier in the show, I just don't like the teams when they play out. But on paper, I think they're good. I, and, and I'm struggling with it I internally. Somebody needs to talk me one way or the other on this. Are they good teams or are they not? I think Nick's starters are good. You can talk yourself into looking at Nick's starters and saying that's a good team. I think that Brendan's overall team you could talk yourself into being good especially if you're bullish on kyler murray getting healthy um but there's just miserable sit starts for brendan and like the chance of him playing his optimal lineup on a week-to-week basis is like quite low compared to someone like alan or nick alan because he has good players nick because he only has a certain number of good players um that i For me, I think that I have to see Brendan's final iteration of his starters before I can make a final determination. If I were to place what I would say is the optimal lineup, that would be instead of Michael Carter, I think I would go with Corey Davis in that matchup. And then I think, oh, no, or would I put Corey Davis over Colby? I can't decide right now. Brendan, you have to change your lineup and then I can decide. Um, I mean, it says he's projected to get 148 points. I don't know where that's coming from. Like, Cole Beasley is either like 20 or three points. Like, I just don't, I don't trust. I think a lot of that rides Like, the wide receiver decisions are tough. A lot of that rides on Devontae Adams right now, projected at 21.3 against Minnesota. And I don't know if that happens. Aaron Rodgers didn't practice yesterday. He will play on Sunday, but after looking at him last week, he looked tired. He didn't look like his usual self. And I, I was surprised that he didn't have more picks in that game. If I want to be bullish on Devonte Adams. I would say last week it was Rogers' first week back, and it was terrible weather. This week it's second week back, and they're inside. But I'm not bullish on him, so I'm not going to say that, uh, or I'm not going to like support that. That that, no. that would be the viewpoint. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to give this one to Brendan slightly as his roster stands now, assuming Cole Beasley is swapped out for Corey Davis. But if there's other changes, I reserve the right to change that. I think I'm going to go Nick here. I think that Aaron Rodgers will kind of make a recovery from kind of the ivermectin side effects. And hopefully Travis Kelsey kind of uh, continues uh, kind of to ride the coattails of kind of like the entire Chiefs offense here. So I think I'll go NARC. I think that's a little bit more of a safe bet. I think I'm going to take Brendan as well on this one. I think here's why two reasons. Number one, I think running back strength is stronger. And I think number two, Brendan's probably a roster move on a, a free day away up from the wire to really filling out 
maybe another wide out and then lock it in. Well, because they're, they're locked on certain days. They're free for the rest oh, yeah, of the yeah, week. Yeah. You don't have to compete with locks unless somebody just dropped them. So the waiver wire truly is an open place. You can add and drop as you wish. You know what I mean? But, yeah, we'll see. We'll see yeah. what happens. I know what you mean. All right. Takes us uh, to our final segment. Joe, you want to take the lead here? Yeah. So I think this was kind of spurred based on kind of some of the uh, the uh, choice words that Alan had in the, the Discord. I'm not sure exactly what it amounted to, but it was essentially kind of him kind of positioning himself as like the, the hero of the story that is our fantasy league. Um, and I kind of just want to pose the question to Alan, just like to hear from the horse's mouth. Alan, do you see yourself as the hero or the villain of the entire league arc? I mean, I think it's a really good question. Um, I think what I would say is that I, I never went out intending to be a hero or a villain. I think I went out just to enjoy the league. Um, you know, it was the first time back with everybody in a couple of years. Some people came out of retirement. Some people might think it's the last hurrah. I think if we have enough participation that we could definitely keep this going for quite a few more years. And I would like to do that personally. Uh, but at the same time, you know, Joe, a part of it, as Batman once said, you live long enough to see yourself become the villain or you die as a hero. So really, you know, what what are the people going to say? I I personally think I'm really whatever the people need. And if they need me to be the hero, then I'll happily be the hero. And if they want me to be the villain, then so be it. I'm fucking Christopher Nolan over there. Neil, Neil, what do you think about it? I think Alan just asked us to thank him. (laughs) I think he did too. Like like we should be thanking him for for something, for this ephemeral... Thing that he brings the the line that I think you are referencing, Joe, was um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase here because because I couldn't find it in my cursory search while while Alan was talking, but it was, um, I think he was uh beating Brendan a couple weeks ago uh, after Brendan had a big lead, and his line in the Discord chat was, even in the shadow, there is light, and, and I think everyone sort of just like over Discord like didn't have to say anything, but sort of all just kind of did like a double take towards each other like. It, is he talking about like? Is he actually he he means that about right. this? Like, what's going on? It was on kind here? of like a collective <laughs> Discord eye roll, if you will. It was dark, um, and I shined no, through. No, exactly, and I think I think like the the best kind of tra- like the best villains that you see in like movies or TVs or stories. Uh, usually, the villain kind of sees themselves as like the hero of their own story. They have to be yeah. sympathetic, or or else they're not a good villain, or else they're just—it's an evil yeah. Iron Man, and he does bad. So some classic yeah, examples is like Darth Vader is trying to bring like peace and harmony to the Republic, right? Ra's al Ghul, we just referenced Batman. Um, he's trying to restore balance too. I'm looking at kind of a list online here. Up you know, um, Colonel Nathan R. Jessup from A Few Good Men. Um, what was the other one I kind of wanted to highlight here? Do do do. Yeah, I think that pretty much, I mean, Voldemort kind of just hated a teenager, so that's not really a good example. But um, yeah, maybe if we get some feedback, maybe we can find like the perfect kind of comparison for Alan and kind of what, what, uh, what villain he should be compared to. What villain? We can also put a poll up. I don't know how our external listeners from the Discord would be able to vote in on it, but we could put a poll and see how the league feels in terms of hero or villain. We could put a Spotify could poll. Do that hero as well. or villain. 
hero or villain? Let the people decide. Yeah. It's like a it's like a recall referendum. It's like first is he a hero or villain? If villain, which villain? <laughs> if hero ends exactly. there, like we don't have to go further. Like that's fine. That's, I mean, that's all I had. Uh, I just wanted to bring that to the attention. And look, like I mean, like um it's great that like alan's the villain here this is we have something that kind of like we have some vested interest we have something to root for we have something to root against so i'm loving the league well i just want to interject we need something i just want to interject real quick you use the word villain i I don't think we've agreed on which role i am here no we've agreed because i (laughs) the two of us have i I think i think it could go either way i i think it's really you know like i said what what do the people see me as I think it could go either Classic way. Classic villain speak. I, I, I disagree, but, yeah. Awesome. All righty, everyone. Well, pl- please consider, put a lot of thought into that. And I think you know where uh, everyone's head's at uh, that hosts this podcast. He's disagree. A villain. Uh, so, please, set your lineups, prepare your bodies. Week 11 is upon us. Uh, especially Brendan Edwin, please, for the love of God, set your lineups.